I'm going to tell you how to use addiction swapping to make building new habits easier. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps. Big changes. Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. So like two episodes ago, I think it was like episode 832-ish or 833, I talked about how to make your life easier. I talked about how the goal for personal development, the goal for self-improvement should be to make following through on the things we want to do easier to stick with. Because it's not about being better or being good enough to do the thing. There's no such thing. Life is complicated and we are all experiencing the world in unique ways. And so there really is no being good enough or being better. There is only how easy can I make this on myself. Now, that episode I posted uh, as normal and I published it on YouTube as well. By the way, if you're not over on YouTube... Follow me on YouTube, subscribe, uh, link to that's in the description. But that episode uh, had a great response in terms of comments. And one of those comments is actually the nugget that led to today's episode. So if you needed any more reason to go subscribe to the YouTube channel and start watching these episodes, um, it's that, hey, you might actually be a part of a future episode. Who else do you know who's building that kind of direct community engagement into the production process? And that's possible because I'm doing these episodes um, close to daily, and I'm doing them more or less the day that they publish I'm recording. So you can literally say something, and very likely in tomorrow's episode, it would be there. So if, if that sounds interesting to you, if you're like, you know what, I want to be involved, I want to have this conversation, head over to YouTube, the link is in the description of this episode, and connect with me there. Now, back to the point of this episode. So uh, one of the people who left a comment on that episode, that uh, uh, How to Make Your Life Easier episode, was a person by the name of Becca Pate. Um, And she shared a phenomenal example of how she helped herself to uh, save more money, how to avoid sort of the spending that she was falling trapped to. And I know this is something we all struggle with. I know it's something that we can all benefit from. So what I'm going to do in this episode is I'm going to share her direct quote, and then I'm going to break down why I think this process worked for her and how we can apply it to our own lives. So This is going to be super, super good. And again, if you haven't already, join us over on YouTube. Start leaving comments on the videos so that I can start to uh, incorporate your ideas into episodes as well. Now, before we jump into that episode, I do want to take a quick moment. I've got a quick ask for you. I published a a little teaser episode on this earlier today. Uh, I'm looking to speak with current grad students or people who are going back to school, you're working full time and you're doing school after work, I want to connect with you. I want to learn more about uh, what that journey has been like for you. So if if that 
fits you. If you are that person, head over to tlbc.co slash schedule, and I'd love to connect with you. All right, so here is what Becca Pate shared. And again, this was her sharing a, uh, a process that she's followed that worked for her to save more money. So I'm going to read the direct quote. I think I maybe edited the beginning and the end just to remove the like, hey, I love your show type stuff. Um, I love when people say that, but it feels really weird for me to, to read that back on camera. Um, but okay, so I'm going to read her direct quote, and then we're going to jump into the conversation around it. I thought I might share one thing that helped me increase my savings. I was really having a problem stopping and grabbing something to eat. Fast food and fancy coffee add up and were the cause of a lot of money disappearing in my budget. Every time I drove by a fast food place and was tempted to stop, this usually happened on the way to work in the mornings, I would drive past, and when I parked at work, I took out my phone and transferred 6 to $10, or whatever I was going to spend in the drive through into my savings. I did it before I even turned the car off. I guess it worked for me because it gave me that instant satisfaction of adding a little each time to my savings, and it added up much quicker than I thought it would. So first of all, Massive thank you to Becca for sharing that. Um, and also massive, massive congratulations for finding this system that works for you. Uh, it really is all about finding whatever things work for you. And that's why I try to feature so many different ideas on this podcast, because if you can find one that connects with you, that works for you, then that could be the game changer that allows you to accomplish whatever goals you have. So huge, huge shout out to Becca for sharing that. Um, and, and what I want to do now is I want to just sort of dive into what might be going on here. I obviously can't speak for her experience, um, but I am going to look at some of the things that this makes me think of that could be the reason that it helped her and why, if you try it, it might also help you. So the first thing we need to look at is this idea of addiction replacement. Now, addiction replacement is the idea that when you are going through treatment for a particular addiction, whatever it might be, you tend to replace that behavior with another behavior, something that is also addicting. And typically, you replace it with something positive because you are um, in this sort of treatment for something that was uh, uh, theoretically negative to you and your life. Now, there are a lot of, of, of questions around whether or not this is a good approach, whether or not this is something we should be striving for. I'm really not going to wade into that debate. I don't know enough to, to have that conversation. However, this idea of addiction replacement is something that I think that even with lesser um, lesser sort of addictive behaviors, we still sort of do. And it's often given in personal development as a um, a, a thing that we should pursue in order to replace bad behaviors with good ones. Typically in personal development, it's called like habit swapping or something like that. In an article on addictioncenter.com, they describe addiction replacement as follows. Quote, everyone who's battled an addiction understands the concept. You go from smoking to eating, from drinking to shopping, from sex to chocolate to working. You're substituting one addiction for another in an attempt to compensate for a perceived lack emotionally or psychologically. And that same article goes on to talk about why we swap behaviors. Here's what it says. Quote, Individuals in recovery may also experience a lowered level of dopamine in the brain, which would limit their ability to feel happiness or excitement during the early stages of sobriety. 
This can influence recovering addicts to transfer their past addictive behaviors into other activities or substances as a way to fulfill the craving and reduce the unpleasant side effects of withdrawal. End quote. So this idea of addiction replacement, uh, as I said before, it is essentially the concept of you're going through recovery and you are swapping one behavior for another, one addiction for another. Um, we do this because there is a reduction or potentially because there's a reduction in dopamine. Um, and, and so we're looking for something else to cause that dopamine spike so that we can essentially live normally. Like that, that is, uh, at least in the, the psychological sort of clinical addiction sense, that is one of the probably many reasons that people do this. Now, what does this have to do with Becca's approach to saving money? Well, what she essentially did was create a replacement behavior. So she had this trigger. She's driving past McDonald's or Wendy's or whatever fast food place. She's driving past a place that wants her money. Um, and they've built triggers into their entire marketing. So the yellow of the McDonald's sign, the M itself, the, the drive-through line, all of these things that they use as triggers. We've all been programmed to respond to them over years and years and years of advertising. Um, because we have these triggers and, and our responses to these triggers built in, it can be really difficult when we get triggered to reject that behavior. So what Becca did, uh, whether knowingly or not, was she took that trigger and she used it to tie it to a different behavior. And this probably took an enormous amount of willpower at first. It was probably something that was really difficult to consistently do. However, eventually she created an association between the trigger of fast food and the behavior of transferring money. And then she was rewarded. She had a little bit of dopamine, a little bit of, of, of uh, satisfaction that came from seeing her bank account grow, came from seeing that number increase. So she essentially created this new chain, this new behavior chain between the trigger of this fast food sign or whatever it was that triggered her, the behavior of I'm transferring money over, and the reward of I see that number go up, and I know that that means something good. And again, there was probably a lot of willpower. I'm sure there were times along the way that she failed. But over whatever period of time, eventually this became an ingrained behavior and an ingrained association. It's very similar to addiction replacement where we are uh, uh, trying to deny ourselves a particular behavior that is ingrained in us, that is a natural response to a conditioned stimulus. We're trying to deny that. And so for the beginning of that process, we're not getting the dopamine. We're not getting what we need in order to uh, uh, feel good. And of course, we want to feel good. So for a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll just go back to the behavior, get that dopamine in that way. Uh, it's a much harder process to try and get the dopamine from something else. And in this case, transferring money over to her savings and creating this simple rule of whatever amount I was going to spend, I'm going to save instead, um, probably helped to uh, uh, push that behavior forward in those early days. So again, I want to give massive props to Becca for 
being able to do this and having it actually work for her, it probably was not easy. And so I don't want to present this to anyone listening as an easy way to save money. It's really not. Like it's very hard to change that behavior and to associate the uh, new behavior with the original stimulus and the new reward. It's very difficult to do. But with the right support, the right systems, and the right sort of approach, it can be done as we've seen in Becca's case. So that's why I think that worked. Um, I could be totally wrong. This might not even be that applicable to her life. But uh, Becca, if you're watching this video, leave a comment down below. Let me know if I'm spot on or not. And if I'm not, uh, that's fine. I'm really just theorizing anyway. Uh, for those of you watching or listening, however, here's how you can use this. Our goal needs to be, this is the behavior that we know is causing harm, the most harm. And then from there, here's the new behavior we want to slot in. And what we need to do to replicate this system is find the trigger for that original behavior and start to associate that trigger with the new behavior. Now, the one change that I would make here is to add some degree of accountability or support into the mix. This will help with that initial struggle and that initial willpower required to make the change actually happen. If we can reach out to a friend, reach out to a partner, a family member, whomever it is, and just say, hey, this is my original behavior. This is the new behavior I want to do. Can we have a check-in once a week just to see how many times I actually followed through? Or maybe the accountability is with yourself and you're actually writing this down. You're tracking it on a spreadsheet. But having some degree of accountability, no matter how small, can help with that initial uh, uh, period of change that needs to happen so that you can do the thing for long enough to create the association. So that's how I would apply it. And if you decide to do this, find the podcast on YouTube, leave a comment, and let me know how it went. If you've ever done this, find the podcast on YouTube, uh, leave a comment, and let me know how it went. I would love to hear from you, and I'd love to feature you in another episode just like this one. So if you've got other things you've done, tips for improving your saving or your fitness or your health or your relationship or whatever it is that you've done, I want to hear it. Leave a comment on the video and let me know what you've successfully done and been able to build into your life. And you might make it into a new episode. So thank you so much for being here. I've been Greg Clunas. And uh, if you are a student, a grad student, or you are a person working full time who is going back to school, I want to talk to you. Head over to tlbc.co slash schedule to get on a call with me. It'll last like 10, 15 minutes. I just want to learn more about what you are dealing with and, and uh, what you've done to successfully accomplish this. So tlbc.co slash schedule if you are a grad student or a person working full time who's gone back to school. Thank you again for being here. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day.